Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, the segment today is called Lunch with the Coach. I'm joined by Brian Irwin, two-time state championship head football coach of the Lamarck Cougars, um, uh, and also a regular columnist and uh, feature here on Texas Football and our Lunch with the Coach segment. Uh, Brian, welcome in. This is our last one of the regular season. Uh, it's been a good year for the Longhorns. What did you think of the win on uh, on Friday uh, afternoon? Fantastic win. Uh, what a, what a what a great game. wasn't wasn't pretty at all times on our behalf, but golly, our guys just willed the victory. And uh, I mean, overall, very very pleased with the way we're playing. It's fun to be a Longhorn fan again. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, you said that right. I want to ask you some specifically th- some specific things that we talked about going into this year and that you've preached on and that we saw from the Longhorns as the season went on. First, I want to say thanks to our our uh, year-long sponsor, Laura Baker at uh, Keller Williams Realty in the Austin area. Uh, you can reach her at laura at andyallenteam.com. Uh, if you're moving in or outside or in or, with, or around the Austin area, uh, please talk to Laura. Uh, she's a big sponsor of this show, uh, and she's a longtime uh, Austin real estate expert. Uh, Brian, I, I said that I want to talk to you about things that that uh, we've harped on. The last two games, your your big preaching in the run game has not necessarily been, you know, feed Bijan or feed Roshan as much as it's been find consistency from doing so. Those two guys accounted for more than, are right at 250 yards rushing on Friday. The single longest run from either of them was 23 yards. That's the consistency you're talking about, right? No doubt, no doubt. Getting that consistency, getting the the run efficiency, like we talked about, you know, three yards a first down or a touchdown. Um, No doubt, we were very, very efficient running the ball the other day. Uh, We had a handful of explosives, which you want, you want the explosives, but you don't want to rely on, you know, one explosive and then and then twenty two yard runs. Uh, You'd rather have, you know, twenty four yard runs and and two or three explosives to go with it. So yeah, the way we ran the ball, the the efficiency. Uh, the game really reminded me a lot of the Iowa State game. You know, we, we got to the point where we said, you know what, here's how we're going to win this game. Let's let's feed Bijan, let's feed Roshan, let's go win the dang game. And uh, hats off to Sark, hats off to the O-line. Uh, more, more importantly, hats off to the mentality of the football team and Bijan and Roshan being the, the true uh, quintessential leaders of this team. Uh did you see anything in particular in the run game that you thought Texas hit on on Friday? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I, I thought we we did just about anything we wanted to do. You know, uh, the, the zone schemes were working really well. We come back with the counter schemes. Uh, looked like we were running a two-back ISO type play when we got 21 personnel a couple of times. Uh, you know how much I love that personnel setting, and, and, and we've been very effective running football out of it all year long. Yeah, and, and when you say 21, just for people to remember that, uh, 21 personnel is two running backs, one tight end. 
Uh, and then 12 personnel would be one running back, two tight ends. And that, of course, dictates how many uh, wide receivers you have on the field in those situations as well. Uh, Brian, we look at this and we look at guys like Roshan and Bishan, and they're going to be tough for Texas to replace next year. I, I don't think you would disagree with that. I mean, Bijan was just ph phenomenal at times this yeah. year and through his career. Roshan, uh, a A-plus leader. Um, yeah. Another thing that you talked about uh, was, and in this, I go back to almost the very first time you and I talked, and, and it was about how Texas needed, the, the coach's job was to put the players in position to win the game, and the player's job was to go win the game. Yeah. It felt like Bijan and Roshan did that, and then the defense this year did that as well compared to a year ago where I think the exact opposite happened too often. Is that progress to you when you define it as a head coach? Is that what you see uh, coming from, from Texas right now and Steve Sarkeesian? Yes, I do. And um, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the first things you and I talked about early on. I, I think I wrote an article back in the spring and that was, I think the, the gist of the article was, you know, Sark's putting these guys in position to be successful and, and, and to win. It's the players have to go win the game. I think coaches can lose games. I, I don't think coaches can win games. I think players win games. And, uh, you know, uh, hats off. You know, last year we didn't get it done, but hats off to our guys this year. They're, they went out. They willed the victory. Our leadership, uh, our offensive running game, uh, the way our defensive guys stepped up from the interior front, four guys to, you know, inside linebacker play Jalen Ford. Wow. You know, DeMarvin Overshawn, that might have been one of his best games uh, of his career. And, uh, you know, the way our secondary played, being physical, coming up, making tackles. You didn't see a whole lot of missed tackles out of our guys. But, yeah, I, I, I just really feel like our guys, midway through the third quarter, said enough is enough. This is a home game. We want to send these seniors out on the right note. We've come too far. We work too hard. We're getting this thing turned. And, and our guys really willed the game because I'm telling you, through the first half, through the first part of the third quarter, I thought Baylor was the more physical football team. I feel like they were more physical. And I'm sitting there talking to myself. I'm talking to my wife. I'm saying, oh, Baylor's out playing us. You know, they're, they're more physical. They're, they're whipping us. And all of a sudden – our guys took it to another level, and that's what you really have to do throughout the course of a ball game. You end up taking it to that next level in the third, the fourth quarter, just like you do at the end of the season. You have to take your game to another level, keep improving. You know, there's no better example of that than like Texas high school football, right? I mean, the the way the season's geared, you, you get better as the season goes on. You qualify for the playoffs. And, and then when you get in the playoffs, you've got to get better each and every week. And, you know, I think our guys did that uh, this year. We got better. We tackled better. We ran the football better. Fundamentally, we were more sound. And just in general, we willed that victory uh, on, on Saturday. Our guys went and won the dang game. I, I tell you what, uh, Jalen Ford had another whale of a game, came yeah. up with another uh, big turnover. You mentioned DeMarvian Overshone. Uh, he he went out right on uh, senior day. Uh, he mm -hmm. he was the last guy standing. Uh, caused the final uh, play on that. Uh, uh, yeah. I guess it was it wasn't a sack, but it was like a sack fumble, whatever it was, uh, on Blake Shaben. He just went in there and just obliterated him uh, and punctuated the game. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's 
That's great. Um, one thing that Eric Nolene, publisher of Inside Texas, has talked about uh, that I want to I want to hit you on, um, and I, I I mention that because both of those guys embody it to some level, and that has been the development of them as players at their positions. So one of the things that a any football coach strives for, any program strives for, is to see incremental improvement across a position or across the entire team, right? Ultimately, that's what happened on Friday was the whole team started playing better. And, uh, but really, look at the linebacker play a year ago. Uh, pro football focus grades, Brian. They grade every single player and every single position in the Big 12 as well as other conferences. Last year, Texas had the two lowest rated linebackers in the entire Big 12. This year, they have the highest rated one in Jalen Ford. Uh, and then you have DeMarvin Overshone, who has take, taken another step in the right direction. What does that mean to you when you, as a coach, you see that improvement, not necessarily in the Bajan or Roshans, the, the stars of the team, right? But the Jalen Ford, who was a role player a year ago and has now stepped in and, and possibly the leader of next year's team. Yeah, you still like seeing those guys. I, I can't remember exactly what Jalen was, but I think it was a three-star, right, coming out? Yep. Yep. And, and you know, seeing those kind of guys develop into elite players like he's become, you know, or DeMarvin Oshon, who was, you know, probably a four or five star guy, but but he was a safety coming out of high school. So he had to move up uh, to the linebacking core, the linebacking level and had to really learn the relearn the game uh, from that level of the field. So, yeah, I mean, hats off to Coach Choate, you know, the development that those guys um, exhibited. And, and Tucker Dorsey, I mean, he made a couple big plays, you know, and he's, he struggled a little bit this year, but he he stepped up and, and made some plays. So, yeah, there's no doubt about it. That's just ball coaching. I'm telling you, that's that's guys coaching. That's players believing in their coaches, working their craft and developing and getting better. Um, you know, on defense, I felt like the mantra of the year was stop the run mm-hmm. and let everything else flow from that. And that may be what got him in trouble against Texas Tech. They, they stopped the run too much and, and let the passing game go. Oklahoma State, maybe a little bit of the same, right? Yeah. Um, but as the year went on, it felt like they could do both a little bit better. I think the improvement of Jade Barron mm-hmm. uh, and then Jaron Thompson came on as the season progressed as well. You you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And, and Ryan Watts, you know, he, he had a solid year at boundary corner. Um uh, you know, so and with Brooks coming on, uh, the freshman coming on late in the year and getting a lot of quality reps, uh, we, we just started matching routes a little bit better out of the zone. Um, I still what does that mean what is when you say that, tell people what that means. I know what it means, but tell folks what that means by matching routes. It's it's usually about pattern reading off the number two receiver. So if everything's equal and they're two by two, uh, pretty much everything dictates off the number two receivers. The number two receiver vertical, then the safety's got him. If the number two receiver's out real quickly, then the then the safety and fits quarters covers, then he'll rob number one. He'll he'll look to one right now. Same thing if two goes in right now, he can look to one. Um, I think if you guys remember, well, we got in a bind a little bit is when number two breaks out about eight or ten yards down the field. That that's the biggest bind that you can be put in in quarters coverage uh, because when he presses up to eight to ten yards, then at some point in time. You have to match the coverage, and and when he's vertical at eight yards, the safety's got to lock on 
The corner's got to lock on number one no matter what number one does. The other day, we did it. The safety jumps the eight-yard out route. Uh, the corner carries the post over the top. We got an incompletion. Whereas back up a couple weeks when they ran the same route concept against TCU, remember what happened? The corner came off to cover the out route. The safety jumps the out route. So we got two guys covering that route, and they hit the post over the top to Quentin Johnston. So just matching those routes, especially when number two goes vertical and then breaks out eight to ten yards, or if the number two receiver like runs a wheel route and they run some type of post-wheel combination. Um, something also very similar to that is the route that K-State hit us with. Some people are calling that dagger route or that, that uh, it's kind of a delayed route where number two ran a ran – a, uh, excuse me, a, a – a corner route, he runs a seven route to the flag, and the number one guy stutters, and then comes underneath. Well, the safety now is covering the corner route, and uh, you know it's hard for that corner to run with that stutter route up the middle. So you know I, I like the way we also played more man coverage. I felt like towards the the last third of the season, we we jumped in man coverage more often, uh, you know, especially on third downs. Uh, question for you: uh, Year end of year two. Uh, and, and a lot of what you're describing there as a coach, it seems to me that the longer you're in a system, the more reps you get for as a player, the more comfortable you become. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian easily could have let go of Pete Kwiatkowski at the end of last year uh, because the defense played so poorly. Uh, but he stuck with them, stayed with the plan, uh, added Gary Patterson to the staff. Um, what, what are your thoughts on what you see overall, not only on defense, really, from an improvement standpoint, uh, but uh, offense as well, from a consistency standpoint of coaches, right? I mean, it, he stuck with the same system on offense, same system on defense. And that familiarity, it seems to me, especially as the year went on, it allowed Texas to play faster, That's particularly true. on defense. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah. Definitely played faster, knew our assignments, you know, get lined up. We, we'd seen a number of different um, scenarios over the last couple of years, but, but uh, you know, not really thinking about scheme uh, or, or assignment. I'm not saying we don't ever think about our assignment, but it becomes second nature. You've seen different formations, personnel groupings, routes, uh, run schemes, things like that. And, and, and you know through your mistakes, you, you go fit it, and you fit it better, and you fit it faster because you have made some mistakes in the past. I, I think one thing, first thing I think of when I'm talking about this is DJ Campbell, when he came in the game the other day, his very first play, right? He he, he screwed it up, but I promise you, he's not going to screw that up again because he's now he's seen it live. You can see it in practice all day long, but now he's he's seen it. He's seen it live. He's made the mistake. He's had his butt chewed by Christian Jones. He's had his butt chewed by Quinn Ewers, and he's not going to make that mistake, I don't think, again. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, talk about that. The offensive line came to play on Friday, too, as well. I mean, there's just so yeah. many good things whenever you're talking about it. A team that, you know, a year ago, and, and I talked with this with with Rod Babers and, and Justin Wells in the last couple of days. A year ago, you were right. Baylor was the more physical team. Baylor looked like the more physical team for the first 
two and a half quarters of, of mm-hmm. this game. Texas, though, is the one that finished 138 to 27. And frankly, they were knocking on the door to possibly make it 45. Yes. Um, to 27. That that's a blowout win against a team that frankly won the Big 12 a year ago. Yeah. Uh, did not have a great year this year, but um just a a real punctuated win for the Longhorns, I think, in a, a lot of good ways. That all being said, um, there's always room for critique, right? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, you you were you had a good saying that that uh, we talked about prior to this when we were off the air before we uh, got going today. And I want people to to hear what you had to say about a coach's feeling and how you feel after a win and after a loss and where you take it and and just mentally tell people how you're you're looking at those things. I think everything you do as a coach, you take into consideration the psyche of your team, uh, the the confidence and the maturity of your team, and and. When you lose, when you lose a tough one, like, you know, the TCU type loss where it's a big game, it's played up, it's a lot of hype, it's a national stage, and, and you get beat and you get punched in the mouth, you know, you, you're you a little more careful as you go through the film to break it down and, and to, to – you want to coach the guys hard, but at the same time you're trying to build them back up and you're trying to restore that confidence. I made the comment after that game, you know, we, we lost our confidence. We There's no doubt about it. So you're working really, really hard to restore confidence and just get back to work. Whereas after a win, hey, we just won. We're pretty confident. We're feeling good. You got that winning feeling. And now you can go really coach guys really, really hard. And so we always said, hey, coaches, when we go in the film room after a win, coach them like we lost the game. Because we have that freedom to do it. Guys are still feeling good. But we can't not coach something that was screwed up but just because we won the game. It's about, you know, coaching the performance, not the results. We can't be totally results-oriented. we got to coach uh, for the performance. And if the performance was good on this play, then, then great. If the performance was bad on this play, let's coach their butts off because even though we won the game, it doesn't change the fact you made a mistake here that could cost us down the line or, or next week. So, you know, a good example is like uh, Quinn Ewers uh, when, when uh, he, he fumbled and they scoop and scored. You know, it was just a bad gap escape. He had pressure coming off the D-gap from his right-hand side, and he tried to escape to his left, and he can't escape to his left with that D-gap pressure coming off his right side. He's got to escape over the top to his right and get out over the top of that D-gap. So he he turned a bad situation where we turned a guy, I would say loose. Uh, Carrick got beat over the top by that, that outside linebacker. Um, turned a bad situation into – a terrible situation just by not escaping correctly. If he would escape correctly, who knows? He might have turned that thing into a big gainer. I tell you what, go back way back further in the game when uh, we had the safety. All right, we're in bunch left. We're single wide to the right. Everybody in the stadium could see they were coming. They were bringing the house. Quinn knew it. Everybody knew it. Well, instead of looking to the bunch side as as the heat was coming, he looked to the single receiver side. I, I'm convinced the single receiver probably made a mistake. I think it was Tariq Milton. I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. It was. I think it, I think it was. He. I think he made a mistake. Everybody's going to blame Quinn for that, but I think he made the mistake because he didn't route adjust. He didn't cut off his route. He probably should have run a stop route or a hitch route because I think that's what Quinn was counting on and get it out and get it gone. Well, he ran a deeper route, uh, but over there to the bunch side, Jordan Whittington is so wide open in the flat. Um so I, you can't blame Quinn for that because he went to the side and maybe thought Tariq Milton was going to run a hitch or a stop and he could get it out of his hands. He didn't. 
And we ended up, you know, getting a, a grounding penalty there for a safety. But to the bunch side, probably where probably where he might should have gone. And and Jay Witt was wide open to fly. I mean, it would have been a big, big play. So things like that, uh, you know, getting a grounding for a safety, uh, getting getting a, a sack and a fumble and a, a scoop and score. I mean, look, that's nine points. Quinn Quinn can fix now. I mean, right now that he should never, ever, ever repeat again the rest of his career at Texas. So, you know, I think that's a big one. Jay Witt, when he fumbled, you know, what a, oh, my gosh, that series. I mean, we start out uh, fall start, fall start. Yeah. Right. It's first and 20. And Quinn makes a beautiful throw to, to Jay Witt. We, we pick up the first down, and then he gets punched from behind. And so, you know, the, the whole deal about – when, when we're running with football, we catch the football. You, we got to realize that most fumbles are caused by guys we don't see. That was always our big saying. You can't just pay attention to the guys that are in front of you that could be a, a threat to cause you to fumble. Most fumbles in the game of football are caused by guys you can't see. They're coming from the side or they're coming from behind. In that case, that came, guy came from behind and punched it out. So you got to be mindful of that. What you know, the, I, you, you got to ingrain it in your players. Hey. Just because everything looks clean in front of you, there's always a threat coming in behind you. So those are the kind of lessons that, that we can learn that, I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what happened after Jay Witt's fumble, but if they scored. They, they went scored. down. They went down. No, they went down and missed the field goal. Okay. They missed so, the field goal. you know, had a chance to kick a field goal, had a chance to score a touchdown. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of rattled off, you know, nine to 16 points that could have happened just three things that we can fix. And I mean, fix now and should, should not happen. Gotcha. Uh, I think, I think that's good. And I think that, you know, your, your comment to me was you coach them hard after a win because they'll, they'll take it and you got to watch out for them a little bit whenever you lose, because you don't want yeah. them to lose all of their confidence in the process of coaching them hard. And I think, I think that makes sense for, for most people. Uh, I want to, I want to say thank you to our sponsor one more time and then finish up with you, Brian. Uh, Lunch with the Coach is brought to you by accomplished Austin realtor, Laura Baker. Laura and the Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in the Austin area. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, but a longtime Austin real estate expert. Contact her at Laura at AndyAllenTeam.com. Uh, Brian, uh, Texas going to going bowling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know this. You've been in the college game as well and, and seen it. What do those extra practices mean uh, to a team? Uh, and, you know, what what are you trying to accomplish as a coach during bowl practices? I think uh, it's it's about the youth. Um, we got to figure out who is and who isn't playing, right? I mean, I, I would expect Bijan not to play, uh, maybe Roshan not to play, and a handful of other guys. So we're going to get a lot of youthful guys, a lot of reps during practice. It's just an extra spring practice. Uh, the amount of reps our guys are going to get. It's, it's comparative to a program in Texas high school football that year in and year out, they're in the playoffs. And they're playing, you know, what, 14, 15, 16 games a year. Well, by the time a, a sophomore that started in, in high school plays four, five, six rounds, his sophomore, junior, and senior year, by the time he's getting into his senior year, he he's had a whole other year of high school football. You know, he's played another – 10 to 12 football games that nobody else has played. So the, the experience, the reps, you, you treat it almost like an extra spring ball. 
um, and you're able to be pretty physical uh, with, with some of the young guys, um, you know, and, and it's all about development. Like you said earlier, it's, it, hey, there is not a better place to develop than with your, with your helmet, your shoulder pads on. And uh, there's a lot of people not going bowling. They don't get to do that. Texas finishes the season eight and four. Uh, a success in your opinion? Yes. Yes. It's a success. Um, eight games. We, we would have taken it. You called it. Um, we, we, we would have taken it. There's no doubt about it. Looking back on it. Yeah. Should, could we have beaten tech? Should, could we beat Oklahoma state? Uh, if we had, we're going to the conference championship, but um, the culture, the vibe, uh, they're fun to watch. They're playing hard. They're tackling. We're not missing tackles. We're running the football. We're young. That's the good news. We're young, and we're 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 fixed to get pretty good. Got it. All right, Brian Irwin, lunch with the coach. We'll be back for uh, bowl specials uh, with Brian, and and we're, we're talking about how we're going to handle the the spring as well. But uh, Brian Irwin, you've been an absolute pre- pleasure uh, to work with this football season. Uh, thank you for all you do, uh, and uh, we appreciate it. Here at OnTexasFootball and InsideTexas.com. For Brian Irwin, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football. Hook them. Hook them.